Amen. Thank you for that. Let's open our Bibles, please, to 2 Timothy chapter 3. And we're going to begin reading in verse 1. We're, we're still uh, talking about God's name, taking His name in vain. And then we're continuing uh, where we left off last time, talking about uh, blasphemy. And uh, this is very important. So you can swear by His name falsely. You can profane His name and then blaspheme. Uh, very fearful subject. Second Timothy 3, verse 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, boy, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. And if you look there in the middle of uh, verse 2, it says one of the uh, evidences of the perilous times of the last days is that there would be blasphemers. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you speak to our heart, uh, lead and guide us as to what to say and how to say it. We pray that your spirit would do all the work and that we would truly fear thee and fear thy name and that we would honor thy name and depart from evil. We pray that you'd make us aware that this is part of the spirit of the Antichrist in the last days so that we would not be shocked, we'd not be surprised. Help us not to be conditioned. We pray that it would be very grievous and that we would have a sensitive conscience. We pray that you would now lead and guide us as to what to say, how to say it, and that you'd edify your people and uh, warn the wicked. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, just a real quick uh, review uh, of the precept we've laid, the foundation. So a name is more than an identification. It is uh, a, a title, a position, a memorial, and it should reveal our character or the one that is called by that name. And so as we looked at in Exodus 20, verse 7, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Uh, all those who do this will not be found guiltless. So God is going to teach the wicked to fear his name. Psalm 102:15. so the heathen shall fear the name of the Lord and then Isaiah 59, 19, so shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. So something uh, very important, the fear of the Lord must be learned. One of the ways you do this is that you tithe. This is in the law. It's one of the things, uh, but it's a choice you make. You either choose to fear the Lord or you do not. And if you look at Proverbs 1, there are very grave consequences to
to those who do not choose the fear of the Lord. So you cannot say, that's not my mentality, I wasn't brought up that way, I, that's not my inclination. You choose the fear of the Lord. Good. It's a decision that you make. So conversely, if you do not choose the fear of the Lord, you're basically choosing not to fear the name of the Lord. And so you have all these vain things. God, You can take God's name in vain. You can sow, plant your fields in vain. You can sow the seed of the Word of God in vain. There are vain things, the Bible tells us, vain people, vain idle words, which we should not speak. We have a vain imagination, and the wicked have a vain imagination that leads to violence. This is where we're at right now in our society. Vain thoughts, and then you can turn to vain jangling, and your faith is vain. You can miss the target. So we, we want to uh, exert our energy on things that matter, things of substance, not vanity. So that vanity is an emptiness. It's a void that leads to a deception. We deceive ourselves and others, and then this always results in devastation and even destruction. So what does that mean? If you do not have a respect for God and His name, and then you use His name without a right relationship or out of context, then you have deceived yourself, you're trying to deceive others, and it always ends in some type of uh, destruction. So this is a very fearful thing because once you, you know, we've been getting into this for several weeks now, it makes you really think, should I say his name? Israel will not even say his name. They're so afraid of the one true God, they're afraid to say it. Because if you take it in vain, there's severe consequences. Now, a good name is rather to be chosen than what? Great riches. So we should seek a good name, a reputation. So we pay our debts, we behave ourselves wisely, we treat others with kindness and respect. We follow the laws of the land unless they go against God. And we have an upholding life to uphold our name, hopefully. But then when you get saved, you're called by His name. So you do the same thing. So we've been looking at the, the importance. If we seek to honor His name... Uh, he will seek to defend our name. So uh, we'll look at this later, but Proverbs says, love covereth a multitude of sins. Covers it up. Doesn't expose it. Doesn't talk about it. Doesn't use it to uplift oneself in pride or condescend into others and put them down. It covers sins. That's what love does. And God loves us. And He shed His blood, the blood of His Son, right. to not just to forgive us, yes, to regenerate us, yes, to justify us, but to cover. Why? He cares about your name. Yeah. You're called by His name. So, the word, we've been looking at this. These words are violent in nature. 
spurilious, to be vulgar or abusive. To vilify means to speak evil of good. And then impious is just disrespectful with irreverence. So this is very important. We should, the name and the reputation of God and his people should never be damaged because of something we do or we say. Now, this word means to puncture or perforate or to make libel. It's really a violent attack on the reputation of God. So I'm not going to go over the things that we did in the past. Uh, we can study those and you can review those later. But one of the evidences of the last days, perilous times, men will be blasphemers. So we need to realize this. Like Brother Horace Scheimer uh, asked us to pray. Doesn't, doesn't like the way America's headed. What is the underlying cause of this is the spirit of the Antichrist is moving. All these things are taking place nationally, internationally. The spirit of the Antichrist is moving. And he's been revealed over 2,000 years. When Paul was in his ministry and the writings of John, the spirit of Antichrist was already very, very powerful, very, very prevalent. But as we get closer and closer to the very end of the last of the last days, these things will be intensified. So men are going to blaspheme God. They're going to use God to curse. They're going to use God's name to curse other men. They will take His name in vain. And they will have a form of godliness. They'll go to church. They'll say the right things. But Hitler was a Catholic. In case you didn't know that, look it up. Some people don't like me saying that. Uh, he was a very good one, by the way. All right. So let's look at Revelation chapter 13. So we see the spirit of the Antichrist, which is moving mightily. So look at chapter 13, verse 1. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of what? Blasphemy. Now I'm not going to go into the details of this. We ought to have a study sometime. But the beast rises up out of the sea. This is the Antichrist, Judas Iscariot, risen from the dead out of hell. He will be allowed to do this by God to fulfill prophecy. And this beast has seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. So you have the one city on famous for seven hills, Rome, Italy. You have the revived Roman Western Empire of the ten kings of the EU that will follow the Antichrist and on their heads these crowns. The name of what? Blasphemy. They will blaspheme the name of the Almighty. And so it says, And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. 
Now, this is all taken from the image that Nebuchadnezzar saw when he dreamed, which Daniel interpreted the dream. But these are the world empires. So when you had Babylon conquered the world, the Medes and the Persians conquered the Babylonians, the Greeks under Alexander the Great conquered the Medes and the Persians. His kingdom was dispersed to his four generals. One of those was Antiochus Epiphanes. And uh, I'm not, this is just a brief overview. But he was given charge over what we call Israel, uh, or the land of Canaan, Palestine. And then you have the Romans coming out of the Greek Empire. And who gives them the power? The dragon. Satan does this. And these ten kings of Western Europe will follow the Antichrist, he will immediately destroy three of them. He will pluck them up utterly in a, a swift, just devastating, you can't even describe it, and they won't even know how he did it with military power. He will destroy three of these countries. Now, if you see what's happening right now, Russia is threatening, it could happen, to invade uh, is it Croatia? Offering? No, Croatia. Ukraine. All right. And so this is the same thing Saddam Insane did with Kuwait because this used to be a part of Iraq. So he's wanting to take, he wants to take back what was lost with the old uh, Soviet Union. All these things were lost. We don't know what's going to happen. But this is the spirit of the Antichrist moving. What's going to happen? Is NATO going to bring in more reinforcement? I saw really amazing. Germany gave a great contribution today of 500 helmets. Now, that's the truth. Oh, it really happened. Big military contribution. Uh, but you see, Gog and Magog, all these things that are lining up with Turkey, the uh, Warpath, Eastern countries of the Warsaw Pact, all these things. And uh, they're going to invade Israel during the tribulation. Right. Everything is lining up. But what is one of the main spiritual evidences? Blasphemy. Right. To mock his name, belittle his name, and literally rail on him, hold him in derision, and ridicule his name by vilifying it, being irreverent, being undignified, and by calling him evil, which, it, remember, Luciferianism is to say that Lucifer is the true God and the bringer of light, and the God of the Bible is a cruel, mean God who is putting restrictions on people so they cannot be enlightened. This is all happening before our very eyes. So we know that the... Uh, Antichrist is going to be hit in the head, according to Zechariah. He's going to be cut with some type of sword, and his eyes are going to be put out. He's going to be left-handed. He will not have the desire of women, and he will be part Jew, part Hamite, and Syrian. I can show you all this and don't have time, but everything has fallen in place. So look what it says here in verse 3. And I saw one of his heads, as it were, wounded to death, and so he'll be miraculously healed and his deadly wound was healed and all the world wondered after the beast 
and they worshipped the dragon which gave power unto the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him, now look at this, a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and to them and them that dwell in heaven and was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them and power was given unto him over all kindreds and tongues and nation this is going to take place after the rapture of the church praise the lord we'll be in heaven but when the antichrist is revealed the power is given by the dragon and he's going to blaspheme now this is very interesting. I don't, I don't know if I've heard very many people talk about this. It occurred to me. You have to have the mark and the number, but what a lot of people forget is you have to have a statue and you have to have music. Remember when Daniel was demanded to bow down and not pray, and then he's throwing the lion's den, and all these things happen with the Hebrews which were taken captive into Babylon when Nebuchadnezzar the king of Babylon dreamed and saw this image of all the world powers. There will be some, and it says in later on, the false prophet is going to make a statue and it'll have so much power through Satan, it'll talk. Not, uh, you know, like... Uh, AI or 3D or, or any of these things like they use in movies, CGI, these type of things. It's literally going to talk by satanic powers. There's, there's going to be some type of music. And when this music is played, they will be demanded to bow down to this image. All that worship this image this are, uh, will worship the dragon. Or if they worship this, they're giving power to the dragon, and all of these things are before us. With cancel culture, cancel on. There's nothing to cancel with me. I cancel you. Whoever. It doesn't matter. But uh, if, you, if you don't do what they want, they try to just do away with you. You know, they canceled a whoopee cushion, I heard recently. Uh, yeah, it's real sad. But anyway, uh, the... Uh, is anybody awake out there? So, uh, these things are for our very eyes. The cancelers are getting canceled. The New York, is it Post, is sued the State Department for records to in seek into some stuff going on. Uh, this is all common knowledge. So, what's happening? You have statues, music, the command to obey, bow down, take the mark, and here's the number. This is all before us. So what, is, what are they doing? They're blaspheming. They will say things like, I swear to take his name in vain. They will say, oh my blank, take his name in vain. They will cuss and put a curse on somebody <laughs> using his name. Now, 
as we looked at last week, this is what fools do. According to Psalm 74, 18, only a fool will blaspheme the name of God. Next, the rich. James 2, 7. That's what the rich do. 2 Timothy 3, 2, as we read, this is the evidence of the spirit of the, of the Antichrist in the perilous times of the last days. We're there. Now, what I want to do, let's look at the consequences of this according to the Word of God. So if you would look, first of all, to Leviticus 24. Now, this is what's supposed to happen under a theocracy if the law is obeyed. If they may think they're getting away with it. This is going to happen to them at the judgment. Now, it may be on this side of eternity, on that side. That's up to God. It's going to happen. So look at Leviticus 24 and uh, look at verse 16. Leviticus 24, verse 16. And he that blasphemeth the name of the Lord, he shall surely be put to death. And all the congregation shall certainly stone him as well the stranger as he that is born in the land when he blasphemeth the name of the Lord shall be put to death. Now, there's many ways you can do it. I've heard people do this um, recently. Um, someone said, if God would allow that, I don't want anything to do with him. They blaspheme the name of the Lord. If they would say, how, I had on, how could a God of love, if God is a God of love, how could He allow crime and violence? And how could a, they're blasphemers. Right. He gave every man free will. They chose to sin. It's not His fault. Right. He's still a God of love. Yeah. But they blaspheme. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. They're going to mock. They're going to ridicule. They're going to make jokes. They're going to uh, hold him in, try to hold him in derision. All of these things are going to happen. Why? They did not choose the fear of the Lord. Right. So it's a very fearful thing. If you're going to say his name, know why you're saying it, what you're talking about. You better be right. Amen. You better know the doctrine. You better do it in context. And you better fear the Lord and you better be right with Him or getting right with Him or referring to the fact you're not right with Him and you need to get right with Him. Because if you don't, you're taking His name in vain. Uh, it's going to happen. Now, our government doesn't enforce these laws as they should. You know, they're trying to take His name out of the Supreme Court, out of the public schools, off of all the monuments, all these types of things. All right, uh, next, if you'd please turn to 2 Samuel chapter 12. And we looked at this last week. We're just going to look at it again as a reminder, uh, as a good example of what happens. So look at 2 Samuel chapter 12 and verse 14. Howbeit, because of this deed... Thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. 
The child also, uh, that is born unto thee shall surely die. So, suffering and death is all that can come. No good, no life, no blessing, no prosperity. In some form or fashion, the principle of suffering or death will be released. This, if this happened to David, a man after God's own heart, who was given the covenant of salt and the Davidic covenant, and out of his lineage, the tribe of Judah, how much more would it happen to us? Uh, we don't know to what degree. We don't know what spiritual things will take place. All we know is the principle, suffering, sadness, sorrow, death, is the only thing that can happen. Uh, so we need to be very, very careful about how we behave ourselves in the public eye, but also privately. But what we say, what we talk about in these types of things. Uh, you know, I, I've heard athletes go into a game and take his name in vain saying we're going to win because of him. When I don't think he cares much, he does care, he's in control of everything by sovereignty of providence, but thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. This is one of the biggest ways you can blaspheme. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Satan took Christ up during his 40 days, 40 nights fasting, temptation, said, cast thyself down. The angels will protect you. And he, he knew he could, but he said, thou shalt not tempt. You don't put yourself in a predicament to risk danger or to prognosticate, to predict the future your way and then try to get God in on it to back you up. It doesn't work that way. Uh, supposed to say, if the Lord wills, we'll do this or that. Not, not my will, but nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. So this is very, very um, fearful thing. Now, let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 1. Now this is the evidence of a true Bible church. And uh, we've talked about this in the past. It's a very, very touchy subject. It's the greatest test to see if a church truly loves God is church discipline. So look at 1 Timothy chapter uh, 1 and verse 20. It says, Of whom is Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. So they were teaching some false doctrine and uh, causing division in the church, confusion, bringing up old wives' fables, as it says, just bringing up subjects to try to cause division. Uh, you know, like, uh, well, that's not. Did Adam have a navel? <laughs> Look, it's right there. It tells you if he did. Of course not. Did he have a, he was made out of dirt. But anyway, you know, just things like that. All kinds of stupid, stupid. A lot of people do things on purpose. Who are the black Israelites? Well, they're false Jews. Right. We read that last week. They're false Jews who claim to be a Jew, but they're not. 
They, they went up there with that BLM stuff and caused some trouble. False Jews. Um, so, false teaching gives the enemies of the Lord occasion to blaspheme, and you got to turn them over to Satan. Now, we, we don't have time to go into that. What church discipline is, you go to them once, tell them you offended me, give them time to repent, then you take a witness, you say you've offended us, you need to repent. Then you tell the church, turn them over to Satan, you ostracize them, and it says, mark that man, have no fellowship with him. So, very few churches even understand this, have the conviction, uh, but, you know, we've done it a couple, three times, I don't remember, but only in very severe situations, if you think it's necessary. But, the, what's the principle? You know, this ought to be top priority for the church's reputation. Top priority for the church's um, reputation. All right, so what is the solution? Um, I quoted this verse, but let's look at Proverbs chapter 10. Now, now we're talking about for the brethren here, God needs no covering. He covereth himself with light because he is light. But we're talking about other Christians in their behavior and their reputation. So let's look at Proverbs 10 and look at verse 12. Proverbs 10, verse 12. Hatred stirreth up strifes, but love covereth all sins. So, I'm not saying to compromise or lie or sweep it under the rug, but love covers sin. shouldn't talk about it. shouldn't spread it. You shouldn't be a part of the liable slander. So remember, the word means liable. So you can use the truth to be liable to try to hurt somebody by telling the truth, to damage their reputation. shouldn't do that. Uh, you ought to keep it quiet and cover it up. Love covers sin. So... That's very, very important. We should treat each other that way. Did you hear about so-and-so? No, I don't want to hear about so-and-so. I don't want to know. Uh, if it's private, keep it private. I don't need to know. You don't need to know. But it's true. Doesn't matter if it's true. Now, unless there, you know, there's principles here that carry over. But we're, not, we're trying to not give the enemies of the Lord occasion to blaspheme. That's what you're trying to avoid. Don't enable, you know, like an enabler. You know, you're, you didn't rob the bank, you drove the getaway car. <laughs> you know, don't tell anybody. They don't need to know. You know, we ought to be, you know, I got your back. No, I cover your sin. I'm your friend. I love you. Uh, there's a friend sticketh closer than a brother. We haven't arrived yet. Nobody's glorified. Who are you to go around as like God's FBI to look at people's private lives so you can go spread it? Love covers sin. You know, and if you do, you're going to get these consequences. Don't give the enemies of the Lord occasion to blaspheme. Most of this is because of people saying things, talking about it, posting it, whatever that means. I want them chatty, chatty chat places or whatever. All right, cover sin. All right, next, look at Titus chapter 2. 
Titus chapter 2. And this is important. And there's a principle. And some people won't like this one. Uh, verse 1. Titus 2.1, But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, in patience, the aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becoming holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, read it and weep, that the Word of God be not blasphemed. So when a woman gets out of line with her mouth and the way she lives and the way she treats her husband and the way she treats her children, the heathen are looking at that and they're saying, well, that's a Christian. I don't want to be one. And so, this is not putting it all on the women. It's just a chain of command and respect of God-given authority that you should behave yourself in a seemly fashion that is comely, that you're not a manure spreader, you're not a rebel, you don't talk too much, you teach your children, you know respect, you, you know protocol. And... Um, because if you, if you violate this, it says the Word of God is blasphemed. Very fearful thing. So, we think about, hallowed be thy name. Praise and glory to His name. His name shall endure forever. His name is above every name Amen. and every, right. every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that He is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Sure. So, what does the Bible tell us? In conclusion, 2 Timothy chapter 2, please. And this is a great verse. You ought to know where it is. It's easy to memorize. Verse 19. 2 Timothy 2, verse 19. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are His, and let every one that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So, if, you, if we name His name, but we don't depart from sin, we take it lightly. We're taking His name in vain. To, to, to be called by His name and to take His name, you have to depart from iniquity because He hates sin. So, uh, this is very important. It means to puncture, to perforate, to vilify, to profane, to make a violent attack. And it's the spirit of the Antichrist of the last days. It's all around us. All right, let's stand. Uh, just as a public service announcement, it's supposed to really freeze tonight and tomorrow night and the next night. I don't know if dripping your faucets works. It could. I've dripped mine before and the drips froze and the pipe busted. 